Did you know that I'm taking over this show? Me, Rachel O. We got lots of info. Let's rock and roll. It's Digital with Rachel. Hi, everyone. It's me, Rachel O. And I took over Ryan's show because why not? And we're keeping you on your toes. So today, of course, as always, like Ryan O. shows, we have a guest. And haha, it's Ryan O. I get to be a guest on my own show. Yes, you do. So we're going to learn a little bit about you and some of the things that maybe you haven't talked about yet. And one of those things is you're from Michigan. I am from Michigan. That is totally a true fact. Absolutely. So we're going to see what weird things we know about Michigan and maybe that you know about Michigan. Cool. Right on. I'm in. Do you know the capital of Michigan? Yes, it is M. <laughs> you typically, when you spell Michigan, you're supposed to capitalize M. Absolutely. It's also Lansing. Correct. Yes, Lansing, the capital city, approximately uh, about an hour from where I grew up. It was my midway point to school. Oh, cool. So you like passed it when you were going to and from Mount Pleasant, huh? Totally. Yeah. So it was going to college, Central Michigan, for those of you who haven't been following. Uh, the halfway point between where I grew up right outside Detroit, and school was uh, Lansing, which was Michigan State University. So I'd go by that and be like, okay, I'm hungry. Do I need food? I'm like, no, I'm a broke college kid. Just going to keep going north. <laughs> have you ever been to the Capitol building in Lansing? I have not, but I've seen it. Aha. Well, apparently in the Capitol building, there are 19 chandeliers that were all unique and created by Tiffany's. You know, the guy that played, that uh, made, you know, Tiffany famous in New York? So, like, like the glass dude? Yeah, which we've actually, what, seen some of his stuff at a museum here in we, Florida. We went to the Tiffany Museum, or it was part of it, over in, like, Lakeland? No, in Winter Park. Winter Park, that's right. At the Morse, I think it was the Morse Museum? That Something sounds like about that. right. Well, your state also has... Dun, 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 the world's largest weather vane. Sweet. <laughs> and it stands 48 feet tall. Where and is it, it located at? In Montague. Okay, I've heard of that as a thing. I've also heard of it as a sandwich. A Montague sandwich or a weather vane sandwich? I've heard of it as a Montague <laughs> sandwich. A weather vane sandwich would be ridiculous <laughs> and a half. And I think um, it would feature some sort of like misty, smoky flavor. That would be kind of interesting, weather vane sandwich. Like, like a cloud, you know? <laughs> Do you know when your state of Michigan became a actual state in the United States? I'm going to say the early 1800s. I guess that, that would count, you know, 1837. Do you know what number your state is to make it into us? Uh, I'm going to say like 22. Close, 26. Nice. And it was President Andrew Jackson that made Michigan a state. Ooh. That's didn't they buy it from the French or something like that? Um, Let's see. I do not think that this says that they did that. I, I think <laughs> what I remember from school is that they bought it from the French um, as like part of some sort of like agreement with, with the Northern Territories of Canada. Mm -hmm. And um, that was so like D Detroit is actually Detroit, which is a French word. I don't know what it means, but it is. And that's the history of Detroit, according to Ryan. Yes. 
Rock City, baby. And apparently Michigan also touches four out of the five Great Lakes. Have you been to any of the Great Lakes? I have been to all five of the Great Lakes. Ooh, look at you. Yeah, the fifth one was harder to get to. So you got like um, Erie, which was really close to where I grew up. And we would go there um, with like my my summer daycare place. Mm -hmm. They would travel just randomly during the week. And we'd go to this giant wave pool at Erie. But Erie also touches um, Cedar Point, which is like what my favorite theme park. Uh, absolutely. So then you go a little bit further north, you get Michigan. Nope, sorry, Huron. Um, we'd go to Lake Huron maybe like two or three times in the summer with like the entire O'Neill clan. And it was a good old shindig. That sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, I loved it. Um, Lake Michigan was on the complete other side of the state. And it was more like a once a year sort of thing. Usually with my with my mom's side of the family. And we'd all meet there because it was like the halfway point for all those like Illinois people. The Illinois people, uh-huh. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, like the Illinoisians, <laughs> Illo but, but those people. Uh, Missourians as well, Missouras, Missourians. It's complicated, but it was a halfway <laughs> point. And um, so we would go there, so I would actually like touch that lake possibly once a year. Superior, I've only been in Lake Superior like twice maybe. That's the coldest that it you've is. been? It is, and it's the furthest north, so that's like like eight or nine hours away. Ooh, yeah. Because to get from like Detroit to Traverse, which is like the tip of the mitten, like ge geographically speaking, is about four hours. Mm -hmm. So that's um, for about getting from here um, in central Florida to the like Georgia, Savannah, Florida. Yeah, yeah. Savannah-ish. Oh, yeah. So, yes. And then Ontario, um, we went to Niagara Falls. Aha. Yes, we went to Niagara Falls from the Canadian side, and I stuck my feet in it. Ooh! It, it, I didn't really want to swim in it, but no, I, I stuck my feet in it, so it counts. All five lakes, boo yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So I heard that there's a place that has singing sand in Grand Haven. Is that on Lake Michigan? Yes, um, Grand Haven is. Um, it's south of Kalamazoo, but north of the Michigan-Indiana border. I'd say it's about 30 miles north of the border. Have you experienced the singing sand? I have not heard of the singing sand, but I've been to Grand Haven. Hmm. It apparently, the sand particles make like a whistling sound when you walk on them. That kind of sounds pretty cool. Okay. I always thought it was like a, a squeaking sound as opposed to like a whistling sound. Oh, so it's just like squeaky sand. Yeah. <laughs> I guess to each his own, singing, squeaking, squawking, you know. Birds sing, apparently. <laughs> they do sing. <laughs> so who is the most famous person you can think of from Michigan? I can think of three. Okay, who are those three? Um, Eminem, Duh. Kid Rock, Duh. and Madonna. Duh. Ha-ha. <laughs> All musically linked. Yes. Well, did you know that Sinbad is from Michigan? I did not, but I knew that Tim Allen, so I got four now, Ooh. and Jeff Daniels, five. Oh, Jeff Daniels um, went to my school. Oh, okay, cool. Your high school? My college. Oh, your college. Okay. So he graduated from Central Michigan. Tim Allen graduated from Western Michigan. Ah. Back then, he was known as Dick Allen. Well, also known as a famous Michigander. 
is Charles Lindenberg, the aviator. Right on. Isn't that like like the the famous like crashing Lindenberg? Like um, that's Hindenburg. No, yeah, that's Hindenburg. Okay. <laughs> My bad. Dean Kane. I did not know that Superman was from Michigan. And I just want to say that it like it gives like a you know who they're what they're known for and right now it says the best Hallmark Channel actors. <laughs> for wow. Dean Kane. I'm sorry, Superman. Selma Blair. Okay. Jerry Brockheimer. I didn't know that one. I mean, Jerry Brockheimer is like, you know, bow down because he's touched most successful things in Hollywood at this point. Oh, yeah. Like, if, if you got a movie, like like Pirates of the Caribbean, that's, that's all his Pirates stuff. Pirates of the Caribbean, CSI, like, all kinds of stuff. Tri- I think Transformers, maybe? That's know. Michael Bay. Make Michael Bay. Ah. Diana Ross. Yes, that one I knew. So then there's the like the Motown um group from the the 60s. Mm-hmm, like Jana Kramer and Mr. Tom Selleck. He is from Detroit. Nice. You also have Michael Moore the filmmaker. Okay. And Elizabeth Berkeley. Okay. Steven Seagal. Taylor Lautner. Wow. Not that I'm excited about that, really. Christy Brinkley. Okay. Lots of famous people. So we should make a a movie called, Yo, I'm from Michigan, and get all these people together. (laughs) Yo, I'm from Michigan. (laughs) Pretty much. That'd be great. (laughs) That would be awesome. It, It can be, like, set place in a suburb, and they have to journey to go to, okay, even better. <laughs> so so half of them work slash run a Detroit style pizza pub. Uh-huh. And then the other half are people who go there frequently. Okay. And and so it all takes place in like the suburbs of Michigan, <laughs> which could be filmed in LA, but just gotta make sure there aren't any palm trees around and that people are wearing jackets because it's cold. That would be pretty sweet. Yo, Show. I'm from Michigan. Yo, I'm from Michigan. <laughs> that's what people, that's what you say to people when they're like, aren't you cold out? When and you're yo. like, yo, I'm from Michigan. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I say. <laughs> so when you're in Michigan, did you ever think you'd have a podcast? When I was in Michigan, podcasts weren't really a thing. Um, because podcasting didn't really uh, get up and running like famously until about 2010 about 2005-ish is when they started. But back then it was more like um, more like technical stuff in, in politics. So it was more of a way for people to do lectures and, and interviews. It wasn't really a, a broadening form of entertainment until about 2009, 2010. So, so no. Back then I wanted to do YouTube. So not to contradict you, what you just said, Go ahead. but podcasting actually has been around technically since the 1980s. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> it used to be called audio blogging. There it is. Uh-huh. But it really caught fire in 2004, which in 2004 was when the first person, a journalist... Uh, actually suggested the term podcasting to call what this has become today. And in 2005 is when Apple 
put podcasting section of iTunes on or on iTunes. That's what I remember. Mm-hmm. Because everyone was was talking about iTunes and that it was kind of a thing. And lecturers, um, well, uh, high school and college teachers were talking about certain things like that. If you wanted to learn about um, different science, I'm like, yeah, it's online on a blog via someone's podcast. <laughs> it's like, okay, sure. Sure, yeah. I guess so. So I never really listened to them until about uh, 2011. 2011. So what inspired you to get into podcasting? Ooh, that's that's a long journey. Um, So as you are well aware, maybe some of the folks are listening might have been, um, I had a semi-successful YouTube channel that was more like locally, very niche of a YouTube channel about um, exploring and doing crazy things when I moved down here to Florida. Which it was crazy and interesting and very niche. Oh, oh yes. It was <laughs> like a, and um, it was slightly ahead of its time because it didn't really generate the market that I had desired in order to try to keep it and, and make it profitable. And it, it's, it stopped being, uh, it started feeling more like a chore. So after a while, I, I stopped getting into it because it just really um it just it wasn't speaking to me anymore so i decided to go for like a different some something different something a little bit more low-key something a little bit uh well less time consuming and less crazy because video editing like let's say you had to uh, record your stuff you could be out and about for an entire day um then to edit your stuff uh let's say you have three hours worth of video and you want to break it down to like uh, 10 minutes, that's going to probably take you like three hours to do so at least. Pretty much. And this also allows you whatever weather is like outside, you can still function. And also it's a broader topic. So you can cover a whole lot of stuff versus your just one little subject. Yeah. Which was like theme park life and like exciting things around here. So it allows me to, to talk more about, um, food and, and science and history. So you're right, like the, the, the broader aspect of it. Um, originally, I, I got, I was listening to a Kevin Smith podcast called Education, um, which is kind of what uh, part of this podcast is based off of. It's the, the aspect of like the, the trivia. Mm -hmm. So he would just mention like the most off the wall random things. And I found that interesting. So I said, why not just throw that into this beautiful maj podge of a podcast? And it kind of evolved from there. Yeah. A lot of fun goes into your podcast. I like it. I, I, I love being able to get to know people and learn new things along the way. Because usually when I'm doing research for the podcast, it's about stuff that I've never learned or known before. So being able to be like, hey, do you know this? Well, now we both do. It's kind of cool. Exactly. Like you like learning about new things and teaching other people about the same new things. Bingo. And exploring um, people's mindsets and thought process, processes about the subject and um, getting to know about them as well. So it kind of evolved into getting to know um, my guests a lot better while learning things along the way. That sounds pretty cool. Well, I like it. You and I have learned 
all sorts of weird things and uh, have laughed crazily over a lot of them. Uh, yes, we have. We've had lots of laughs. And uh, I know you want this podcast to last for a really long time. Do you know what one of the longest running podcasts, how long it's been on the air and what it is? Um, is it Joe Rogan's podcast? I don't think so. No, it's called Jack and Stench Show. And do you want to take a stab at how long it's been on the air? So it sounds like someone's recording their um, their radio show, but making it available online. That's kind of what that sounds like. I don't know. Maybe. Jack mm-hmm. and Stent's show. Um, I'm going to say it's been around since 2007. 2007. So that would Very be... Very close. That would be 13, 13 years. years. Very close. This has been on for 12 years okay. and has 27,000 episodes or nice. podcasts. That's pretty cool. So twenty-seven thousand. So if if you do the math, um, let's let's assume it's a radio show. Twenty-seven thousand. I'm doing the math here as we talk. Two seven triple zero divided by twelve. Mm-hmm. That's um, two thousand. So that's twenty-two hundred a year. Twenty-two hundred podcasts a year. Yeah. That's crazy. So if you divide it by by that, they by must have really short podcasts. Yeah, because that would be like six podcasts a day. Six podcasts a day? Yep. Those people need to So it must have been broken down into segments. (laughs) It could have been broken down in segments, maybe. What about some of the most popular or most downloaded podcasts of all time? Do you have any suggestions that could be on that list? Have Um, you heard of some of these? Well, most of the ones I listen to are either improv or they're... um, like entertainment um interview based or they're comedy based mm-hmm. so um comedy based i would say like the, the like i said the joe rogan show is probably on that list i do not see the joe rogan show there's one called serial that's like investigative journalism and non-fiction storytelling yep and so the, so there's a lot of um stuff like uh, murder mysteries and whatnot. On I there. think those are a big one. One is called like the daily and that's just discussing huge stories or biggest stories of, of our time. There's also um, stuff you should know. Ooh. And I feel like you've, you've talked about this other one. It's called howstuffworks.com. Yes. Haven't you, I think you said, something about like how or no how did this get made is the one that you have listened to yeah um but how stuff works is kind of cool too it's it's gets more of a deep dive into that but how did this get made is one of my favorites where they talk about movies so and how terrible they are and why in the world did someone make this or fund this movie really bad movies (laughs) there's also one called pod save america that's like john favreau John Lovett and a couple other collaborators and then journalists, politicians and other comedians and activists join them and they talk about politics and the world of today. Right on. Um, And do any of them. So besides the serial one, are they any more like improvisational or like scripted stuff? Um, No, not on the list of the most most downloaded. No. Uh, Most of these are like more educational or non-fiction storytelling. Gotcha. 
Because because a lot of the the ones that like really interest me when I was a special guest on a previous podcast that I was a uh, well special guest on I should say uh, another waste of a podcast bless you um, we were thinking about doing a scripted like story like once a year maybe like a Halloween story or a Christmas story or just something like an old fashioned old timey radio play. That could be fun. And and those are something would be something that I would like to bring back as a quick radio play cuz I still think to this day that that one of the most ridiculous things that we did was the Ryan O piece of pie theater where we reenacted the Twilight movie. Yeah, that was terrible. Bella. <laughs> I love you, Bella. Uh... <laughs> but doing something like that but scripted could be ridiculous and awesome getting like nine or ten people together to record their parts. That maybe could be fun. Like, uh, and you have to have like sound effects and oh, yeah. stuff like that. I always thought Foley artists were really cool that have to like create the different sounds for the movies. Or I'd create an entire soundboard and put it on the iPad and just go. Pew, pew, yeah, pew. that's not as fun as actually doing it in the in the room itself. Yeah, but. Did you see how small this room is? <laughs> it would be a little bit more difficult to gather up all that equipment plus the nine people. A challenge. All right, I'm in. Let's do it. Just kidding. <laughs> so in your spare time, yes. you and I like to um, challenge each other to miniature golf. Yes. Yes, and, we do. And I know it from back home as goofy golf. And that's mostly because one of the miniature golf places was called Goofy Golf. But, like, people know it as Putt-Putt. I did read somewhere that people call it Crazy Golf. Okay. Which I guess is close to to what I call it. What did you call it growing up? I always called it Putt-Putt. Putt-Putt. Exactly. It's easy. It's quick. You can spell it pretty easily. And especially (laughs) when you're, like, a two- or three-year-old. Putt putt. Yeah. What do you want to do? Putt putt. Yeah. Okay, let's go. Exactly. As opposed to mini golf. <laughs> yeah, mini golf. Because how do you understand that as a kid? You're going to go from one hole. Well, it sounds about the same. You go from one hole <laughs> to the next. We don't have like the um, the giant golf carts taking you from A to B. Exactly. Mm-mm. Well, miniature golf, just so you know, was pretty much started in like the early 1900s, like the early 1912, 1916, and then just kind of really became popular from there. They had a bunch of them on New York City rooftops, little miniature golf courses. So they turned their green space into like miniature golf stuff? Were they using like AstroTurf or something? I guess so. Maybe, yeah. I guess it was really popular, so people wanted to play it. And on the roof of the skyscrapers was kind of the first, the best place to go. And they probably didn't want to travel from uh, the city to, like, just outside the city to the actual golf courts. Well, mm-hmm. it was also the early 1900s. Yeah. So, like, Great Depression and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. And then even after the Great Depression, like, starting around in the 19. 19- 30s and 40s they actually started having miniature golf competitions so in 1930 they actually had one which the top prize was two thousand dollars whoa can you imagine like actually playing miniature golf for for money like like tiger woods plays 
plays actual golf for money. You can play miniature golf for money. <laughs> you and I were at a bar one time. <laughs> And they had like a miniature golf competition on one of those wacky sports channels. Mm -hmm. And they were just going from hole to hole. Um, like one of them was going through like a giant windmill sort of thing. And it was ridiculous. And ever since then, I've wanted to do that. <laughs> so yes, getting paid to do mini golf would be amazing. That would be really fun. Where... Is probably like your favorite place to play miniature golf. Have you been to some place that is like really memorable that you were you liked or would definitely go back to? Um, sometimes I like the mom and pop ones if they're done well. The most memorable one that I went to was really cool when I was like five or six, and it was at like a KOA campground over outside Detroit. Uh huh. But it was like really tiny. And you would just go through there, like like our, um, like your car, is about as big as some of the actual holes. Oh goodness! So like from the start to finish, so you you'd you'd hit one wall, then it would hit another wall, and then it would go through a building, <laughs> outside it, and then into a hole, and it was all like uh, eight eight feet maybe. Oh gosh! Do you like the ones that? you have to hit the ball into a hole and then it goes through like a tube and then drops down. Do you like the, like the multi-level ones or are you just like straight shot? Just let me put the whole, the ball over there. Well, uh, there is a bit of geometry involved when it comes to those straight shots and those really flat areas. Mm -hmm. um, and I love those, but the, the randomness is what makes it more intriguing for revisits. True. That's very true. So I also like um, things that have unique aspects to them, um, whether they're themed to like a jungle, which a lot of them around here are. I think there's like a whole Congo River. Yeah, usually they're jungle or pirates. Or, yeah, pirates. <laughs> um, but I also really love the um, the fairways over at, over at Disney, over at Walt Disney World. They have theirs, which is almost like an actual it has a metal putter so it's like going to an actual golfing area but using it's got disney music around you yeah nice classical disney music and it's challenging it is a challenging course you're right super difficult because you're used to the, the really hard plastic ones and then you get like these metal tipped um putters and so if you're playing or if you're used to doing 12 holes you've got your own putter so using their metal ones is rather difficult. Yeah, I would I would agree. You have to use your brain and get you exercise. You have to think and uh, calculate your your moves pretty well. Which is which is awesome and a half. Uh, one of my other favorites was over in the Traverse City area in Michigan, and it was a pirate themed one, but it was very squirrely as to where you went. So. Um, you, you really didn't know what was going to happen around the corner, and they told a story along the way. I kind of like reading the signs as you go, but it's got to be a good story. It can't just be like, Blackbeard was born 1971, or whatever. <laughs> 1971. <laughs> yeah. Which is just some guy named Joe Blackbeard. Blackbeard is alive! <laughs> <laughs> he was born in 1971, and he runs a deli <laughs> over in Lansing. Oh my gosh, Blackbeard's Deli. 
<laughs> that would be amazing and a half. I think someone is sitting at home going, I'm, I have a business idea now. <laughs> I, I'm going to make a pirate themed deli and we're going to um, steal everything and have a giant sandwich called the booty. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Right now we're going to take a commercial break and have a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. This episode has been brought to you by Everyday Cosplay Finds. Ever wanted to show off your favorite character or group of characters, but don't see things online that match your style? Then check out Everyday Cosplay Finds, bringing cosplay into your everyday. Go to etsy.com shop slash everydaycosplayfinds for more information. While you're listening to this ad, I'd like you to look down. Now look back up. Are you wearing an awesome shirt that says Team Ryan O? Or a shirt with a duck with a cup spilled over that says Party Foul? Are you also wearing a really cool button that says Did You Know with Ryan O? Or a hat that says Team Ryan O? Or I Know Ryan O? Well, if you're not doing any of those things, you should be. And you can do so by going to Zazzle.com slash store slash Did You Know with Ryan O. That's right, folks. I have my own merchandise shop, and you can buy all sorts of amazing awesomeness pertaining to this podcast and show your love by once again going to Zazzle.com slash store slash Did You Know with Ryan O. Wear it, share it, love it. And now back to our show. Did You Know with Ryan O. Welcome back. So you've had a lot of time off lately, Ryan. I have. It's it's been an interesting few months. And I know you've been out walking a lot, which is kind of fun. I'm kind of jealous that you get to go on walks daily. Well, I, I need a safe change of scenery because I, I sometimes want to go outside because otherwise I'm just stuck inside this house and I don't, don't want my own home to feel like a prison because of how awesome and beautiful and cool it is. That's so true. I would feel the exact same way. Plus, I think nature is kind of healing mentally sometimes. You get some fresh air. You get to, like you said, get some uh, extra scenery. You get to hear, like, the nature around you, whether it's birds or cars or the wind through the trees. It's just very or all of the above. calming. Yes, all of the above. And we certainly have a lot of birds in our area. We do. And I like doing it early in the morning so I don't see anybody. So it's extra safe that way. Um, so I can properly social distance myself away from anybody. And then I also want to do it before it gets too hot. Because here in Florida, if you're outside, especially in the summer, between like 10.30 and 5 o'clock. It, it's hot. It's unbearable. <laughs> it's, it's evil. It's really, really hot. So I like getting my, my jog or my walk or both done around 6.30 to maybe 8 at the latest. And one of those places you've been taking a walk at where you, you do have to drive there is called the West Orange Trail. Totally. It's it's not that far and it's really pretty. It is really pretty because we've been on a couple walks there. But uh, did you know anything about the West Orange Trail? I know that it's probably named the West Orange Trail because it's from the west side of um, Orange County. <laughs> Maybe. 
<laughs> Maybe. That very well could be. Um, how, how many miles do you think you've walked of the West Orange Trail? Like, um, not total walking when you every time you go, but like along it in well, general. I've learned that parts of it, which I think are the West Orange Trail, are actually known as something else, which is like the South Lake Trail. Yeah, the South Lake and the Lake Mineola Scenic Trail. So that part, the, the South Lake Trail and the Lake Mineola Scenic Park, park or park trail or whatever, I would say that I've probably walked um, about 15 miles of it. Wrong. <laughs> that part is only seven miles long. Is it? <laughs> Well, I've walked back and forth. So well, that's, that's what I mean. Not accumulated, but like the length of the amount. that. So we probably have walked about almost the seven miles, maybe. Yeah. Maybe more like five. And of the West Orange Trail, I probably only walked a mile of that. That's true. That could be true because, yeah, we walked like part of it in one area. Because the West Orange Trail starts around Oakland. Yes, yes. It ranges, let's see here. There's Oakland and then through Apopka and then the South Lake, Lake Mineola Scenic Trail are connected to that. So the... Right behind Publix is where it is. In that area, yes. So the West Orange Trail is actually 22 miles. Okay, does it go from here all the way to Orlando? It goes to Apopka, which is like past Orlando. Okay. And then there's a connecting trail, which I'm, I'm not quite sure where that is, but it's five miles. And then there's What's this, that one called? It's just called Connecting Trail. Connecting Trail? <laughs> it was, you know, named for its thus connection of the, the trail. And anyway, then there's the South Lake, Lake Mineola Scenic Trail, which is seven miles. So in total... The trail runs for 34 miles. Okay. So, in in total, I've only done about 14 of it. <laughs> 14 miles? No. No, I would say maybe like... Eight? Sure. Eight. My math is off today. <laughs> I did a lot of like lawn mowing, so like my brain fried outside. Yeah, yeah, brain fried. Yeah. But I have like four different stations, which I think is like where they have like um, refreshment area where you can rent bicycles and uh, like restrooms, I think. Okay. And one is Killarney Station, which is near, that's the Oakland one near us. Okay. And then there's the Winter Garden Station, which is near downtown Winter Garden. Nice. Then there's also the Chapin Station, which is also near Winter Garden. Apparently in between that, we don't care. And then there's an Apopka station, which is obviously an Apopka. Apparently at the Chapin station, they have like a really nice like kids park. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's got like a little like log exterior from uh -huh. just the looks of it. That is pretty cool. Oh, I was at um, the, the, the Lake Mineola Trailhead, mm -hmm. which, which connects to their part of the park. And... They had a like a, a skate park, um, a, a, like attached to that little bit. Nice. So had tennis courts, skate park, uh, like a little soccer field, mm -hmm. and then the the trail pretty much walks to the its attachment to the actual 
um, Mineola Trail and then the South Lake Trail. And at some of those spots, I would say maybe like every mile and a half to, to three miles, um, there is like little small stations that have tools that are attached to like really like, like metal strings um, so you can fix your bike or pump up your tire and stuff. Oh, that's really nice uh, to have because you know the Western Trail is used a lot of, by bicyclists. And we see a lot, a lot of bicycles from over there. There's joggers. There's people on rollerblades. And then we saw skateboards yesterday. Which is, is crazy, but, but awesome. But not as good. So the skateboard part, I don't think if you're just going from like a straight um, area from A to B, it's a lot of coasting. Mm. So it's probably not like the, like the best um, place. Ooh. Yeah. Skateboard to me is more like a, not a form of exercise, more just so, transportation. just like, hey, I'm out trolling. <laughs> so if I were to rank it with those four, so you're saying like, like, oh, well, let's say five: walking, running, biking, biking are the most popular. Uh, rollerblading and skateboarding. Yeah, skateboarding. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. So I would say like number one, like the the most active, healthy one would be like running. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I think bicycling is better for you than running because it's e- it's. Easier on your joints joints and your knees. and um, I mean, running, you probably are working more of your core, I guess. I don't know. I'm not a health person. Then I'd say rollerblading. Rollerblading, you're definitely having a lot of movement. And then it's kind of an up and down between uh, walking and and skateboarding. I mean, yeah. Walking is good for you when you're walking with purpose, like... If you're just kind of just meandering or whatnot, you're probably not going to lose any weight or gain a whole lot of exercise, but you have to keep your heart rate elevated for an extended period of time to actually burn the more calories. Which is also hard to do on, on a skateboard unless you're aggressively skateboarding, which yeah. on these trails you're probably not. I feel like that would be just that would be the most tiring form of exercise, to be honest, because you're just using one part of your body over and over and over. Unless you are good at like switching legs, I uh, once drew a, a picture in in middle school of of what I thought like skateboarders should look like versus what they do look like, and they had like one right like their right leg was twice as wide as their <laughs> left leg. <laughs> Just based off of that information. That's great. <laughs> it's it's not accurate at all based on looking at. Tony Hawk, he's just all ripped and whatnot. And I know since you've been cooped up here and a lot of people have been in their homes too, they haven't really been able to, they might have even had to cancel a vacation or maybe postpone planning a vacation. What would you say is one of your favorite things about going on vacation besides like going someplace new or exploring? I mean, is there like, what's the favorite parts about going on a vacation? The, the, the journey is uh, uh, a lot of fun. Um, like a, a lot of the memories of, of traveling. So like going from A to B. So like going with my folks when we were younger, going, going camping sometimes it'd be about two hours away. And so the, the time we hung out in, inside the vehicle, um, getting, getting there is kind of cool. And then once you're actually there, exploring is fun. I like... Well, like I said, trying new things, new food. 
definitely love trying new food. Uh, yes. Eating at, like, all the mama and pop places are the best thing to do. I mean, it's it's easy to kind of get caught up and be like, oh, we know what to expect for as far as prices and what the food is like. And it is a bit risky to try new places and you're not sure if you're going to like the way that they prepare their food. But that I, I agree. That's half the fun when you go on vacation is trying new things that you aren't going to get anywhere else. And and one of the, like, the absolute favorite parts is while you're there and out and about with you know, people that you like and people that you really like and well, people that you love is experiencing these these things together so you can have a, a nice story and, and memory that you can look look back to. So I think that part's my absolute favorite besides the food. So not where you are or what you're doing, but who you're with. Bingo. But if you can do it while eating pizza, that's an extra <laughs> thumbs up in my book. <laughs> Absolutely, that is very much a you you uh, statement. Well, I love pizza, um, but everyone knows I love my wife more than I love pizza. I like pizza too. I mean, come so on. So win-win. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we can do both right on. Woo. Well, I think that's uh, pretty much all I had that I wanted to discuss with you today. Is there anything that you would like to add, Ryan? Well, yes, here on Did You Know with Ryan O, we normally end the podcast with a magical question of the week. So since you're the the host here, what do you think our question of the week should be? Hmm, question of the week should be, if you were a superhero, what would your superhero name be? You heard of here, folks? If you were a superhero, what would your superhero name be? So now is normally the time where I get to plug away at the show, talking about what goes on here. So if you want to answer that question, you can do so at uh, didyouknowryano at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Twitter, which is at didyouknowryano, or Facebook, which is didyouknowwithryano. So that's all the stuff that I've got to plug. Yeah. So from us to you, make sure you find your awesome, hold on to it, and share it with the world. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys. Dude.